Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville! It's time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Over here in Weirdsville, lying around, soaking up the sun and drinking some cold root beers, is me, one of your hosts, uh, the Reverend Professor Adam Beebe. And over there is, uh, in your ear holes and mine, is your other host, Mr. Barry Johnston, Esquire. Barry, how you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? I am doing just fine. Thank, thank you. Finer than a frog's hair. That's what uh, that's what my dad would say. I know exactly what that means. <laughs> that's pretty fine. So yeah. What's no. new uh, in the universe? Huh? What's new in the universe? It's uh, a great question. Um, man, I'm I'm actually uh, as we're speaking right now, I'm looking at some pictures from the uh, the James Webb Telescope, dude. Aren't those crazy? Man, it's like, oh, it's, I'll tell you what it is, what it's like. And everybody out there listening, uh, if you haven't seen the past couple of weeks, these fantastic, amazing uh, new photographs of from space um, that are just mind-blowing and they're just gorgeous. And, uh, and, and, and also, like, Jupiter is crazy looking. We got pictures of Jupiter. These new pictures from the newfangled uh, space telescope. It's like if you have to. It's like putting on glasses for the first time and being able to see clearly and not. Yeah. And you know, it's like it's like looking at a, 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 an impressionistic painting and then at you know a digital photograph or something that's so crisp and clear. It's amazing. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it really is. I. I've been checking this out over the last oh, you know, since they came out, week or two, mm. and um, yeah, it is. They're so impressive. It's um, you know, and, and this is this is a really small piece of of the sky. I mean, this is like, you know, that they say it's a it's a it's the, it's the equivalent to a grain of sand that's being held at arm's length on your fingertip. I mean, that's yeah, that's how small of a piece of of the sky that we're looking at. It's just so, it really puts things in perspective, man. Yeah. You know, um, as much as I, he pisses me off. I was watching Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about this and he was uh, explaining what you're looking at when you're looking at those pictures and those, those stars, the real, the, the bright, you know, uh, crisp stars that you see that are putting off those, you know, what do you call that? What do you call that? When it fragments, Light? yeah, but the, it's like you know that that star-looking star. You know what the I sparkle? mean? Sparkle. The sparkle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, through our atmosphere, they, they yeah, sparkle. right. Yeah. Um, but he was saying that he was like, don't. He's like, don't pay attention to those. Those are just stars. What you're looking at there are like galaxies and yeah. and, and nebula. 
um, stars being born. You know, there's one, there's that one picture of that sun that is uh, the dying sun. Mm-hmm. Man, it's just so, it's impressive. Really impressive. Yeah. And it's, I mean, well, it's astronomical. I mean, it, the, no pun intended. It's so amazing. And you're right. It does put things into perspective when you think about it, how, you know, we are, we're just a tiny speck of dirt. Yeah. A little moat of in the space, the vastness of space. Yes. It's just massive. It's really, really, one thing I've learned in my life, Barry, is space is really, 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 really big. Really big. Like, yeah. Infinitely big. You yeah. can't you can't yeah. even wrap your mind around it. It's yeah. so I, yeah. You know, it's like I don't know if you have you ever seen those three D map of of the universe? Like have you ever seen that thing? I think I know what you're talking about. You can look it up online but they've they've kind of tried to map out what the universe looks like. And it's mm-hmm. just the craziest like spider web of of just mm-hmm. you know galaxies and uh just crazy shit man it doesn't we, the more we learn the more we learn we don't know anything about what's really going yeah. on you know and, and you look at something like true. that and you're like god there just has to be the chances of there being life out there is is uh i think i think you know bigger than ever yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously here our stance on the show is by numbers alone, there has to be life out in the universe. We absolutely believe it. You know, and it, it, whether it is the grays or the doll, tall whites or the little green men or, or you know, a cat race, a, a advanced Cat race that lives out there somewhere. Yeah, oh, man, that'd be a sc- that would be a really scary. Yeah, that place would be you know how cats are. <laughs> yeah. Vicious man, absolutely. Vicious. Um, we just hope that we are not cats in space because man, we would be. You know, even if especially if they're people size, we're screwed. If they're oh, even yeah. regular cat size, oh yeah, you know we're screwed. I just I worry about some days a cat will cats start walking on their hind legs like yeah. people you know yeah and then just think about that that's like a little person um just walking around with a knife that they can just cut you with any uh, second absolutely you know? that's terrifying so that's yeah so be friendly to cats because someday they may rule again um anyway Today's guest. <laughs> uh, today's guest is a fellow podcaster. He is uh, Richard Wright from the Paranormal Factor podcast, um, which is a really cool podcast. He delves into a lot of topics, like we do, but in a different. He takes a uh, obvious a different approach. Um, I, I shouldn't say obviously because you know maybe you haven't listened to the Paranactor Paranormal. Paranormal factor before. Pardon me. That for some reason that became a tongue twister. Um, so yeah, go check that out. And uh, Richard's got some really cool personal stories for us that are just amazing. So uh, without further ado, uh, Richard, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story? All right. Well, I've got a cup. Uh, I've got a few that I want to lay on you. Uh, cool. And you know, I. I run down weird stories all the time. 
uh, in doing a, a paranormal podcast, but I've got mm-hmm. some of my own a, as well. Cool. And um, there's uh, they, they really take a lot of different forms, guys. But let me start uh, with uh, maybe angels and demons. Okay. Okay. I'll give, you, I'll give you two separate stories. Um, both, uh, I think, a little intriguing. So uh, I'm going to take you back to Virginia um, around probably 1997 or so. And my wife and I were living uh, just outside of Fredericksburg, and we had just had our first child together. And so he's, at this point, probably uh, a, maybe one year old or just a little under that. Mm-hmm. Um, she falls asleep with him on the couch. And um, this this is a split-level house, so we're down on the bottom level. Um, I kind of crash in the spare bedroom, and when I get up in the morning, she says, hey, thanks, uh, thanks for taking, uh, you know, Josh upstairs. And I said, I, what are you talking about? And she said, well, you picked him up from me, and you took him upstairs. Now, I, I don't know if you guys are heavy sleepers or not. I'm not. Mm. But— even if I was a heavy sleeper, there's no way that I'm picking up, you know, several pounds, uh, lifting it, walking up two flights of stairs, and then placing it in a crib without knowing what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. And it was, no kidding. it was not me. Uh, as far as we could tell, the house was secure. Uh, so I'm at a loss. She, to this day, thinks it was uh, for some reason he needed to be in his crib and, and an angel came. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was an angel, but but it, it definitely was a weird kind of situation. That is very uh, strange. Wow. And wow. we still cannot account for that at all. See, uh, I would I would understand that if you were doing, you know, if this was like your second or even third kid, maybe you were on dad auto, autopilot, you know. Right. But, uh, you know, seeing that, you know, he's still your first new one. And you I understand that these uh, that new parents want more than anything, a good solid night's sleep. (laughs) So I'm sure that you would have. That's a that's a really good point to make, because you're you're right. As my first child, I was absolutely paranoid all the time. I mean, if I woke up in the middle of the night and just had sort of a, a, a bad feeling. I would be compelled to get up and go look at him and make sure he was breathing, right? Mm-hmm. So, sure. Yeah, so uh, that, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that before, but uh, yeah, definitely. Even if I was on auto dad pilot, I guarantee you, hauling that up two flights of stairs, I definitely would have remembered doing it. Right, wow. right. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty major event, too. It's not like a simple ghost just being, you know— coming into fruition in front of your eyes. That's like physically moving a mass upstairs. Right. And and what makes it curious is there was no other paranormal activity in that house. Hmm. Um, it, you know, it, it was a new house that was built. That that doesn't necessarily mean things, you know. Right. Uh, awnings can be associated with, with what was there before, but um, no other paranormal activity. So, yeah, it was really, and never had anything like that happen again. So it was a very strange circumstance. Hmm. Yeah. Um, flip side, uh, I'll take you to um, Florida, uh, just outside Tampa, Florida. This was probably around 2007, eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in my bedroom, 
and uh, it's it's nighttime, so it's it's fairly late at night. It's it's maybe ten thirty eleven, but I'm I'm in bed. Um, I'm reading. The light is somewhat dim. Uh, you know, I had the reading light. I had the lamp on next to me. I think that was about it, right? So it's not super mm-hmm. bright, but it's it's bright enough. Um, I'm facing the bedroom door, and out of the out of the top of my eye, the corner, I guess you could say the corner, but really the top, I notice a dark shape mm-hmm. and I look up and there is a dark, and I mean dark, uh, form. It, 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 I couldn't even say that it was in the shape of, of a person or anything like that, but it was a dark mass that moved across the ceiling and the back of the bed was against the back outer wall to the house, right? And this thing moves across, and I'm watching it, moves across and out through the wall, out to wherever. Wow. And uh, I, I was pretty shaken, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And at the same time, I kind of felt like, well, I can be shaken. I'm a little zen like this, but it's like, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like I can really do anything other than, you know, watching this like really, you know, amazing, scary thing uh, go across the ceiling. And, I'm, you know, my mind is trying to come up with, you know, well, you know, maybe it was like a car, you know, and car lights were flashing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't. I mean, there, there were no lights associated with a shadow like you get with if you see car lights come through. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just the black, big black shadowy form. We've had people talk to us, tell us uh, uh, about um, having a, a darker than dark form, a darker than darkness object just appear. Yeah. And it's usually, it's, you know, the one was in a hallway. They saw it at the end of the, this hallway near the bedroom, but it always seems to be like there in the bedroom area. And we've, it's, they're always, they're just send, just hearing about it since, you know, yeah. chills down it, my spine. It's, it's shadow people is what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Shadow. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. but what people don't, you know, don't always talk about, you hear a lot of, a lot of it in the form of a person. You can make out that it's kind of a form of a person, but not necessarily. And that was not mm-hmm. the, me. It was just a black mass that moved across the the uh, the ceiling. Yeah, it is. Cre- it's very scary and it's very unsettling. I can tell you uh, from firsthand. <laughs> Damn, that's wild. We've had we always love hearing the shadow people stories because they are so so unusual. And the ver- there's a big variety of them. You know, it's lesser. I w- it seems to be that we hear less about the formless ones than we do hear about like the, the shadow man with the hat or yeah. the big tall guys or whatever. Right. And I think part of that is just human nature wanting to, to um, assign a, a, a shape of some kind. Right. Right. Yeah. And so we try to, we try to put it into our context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just, I mean, in my case, they're just, there wasn't anything like that. So, um, let me move on to uh, in sort of a ghostly kind of kind of uh, realm. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm going to give you two examples, and 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 here's here's the thing, guys. I I consider myself what I call a skeptical believer. Mm-hmm. In I do believe in in the supernatural. I believe in the paranormal, um, but I don't I don't gulp down the bait whole you know whole right. Uh, yeah, I yeah. try to consider skeptically what's going on, and whenever I do you know a, a podcast on any subject. I'm I'm always giving the the really juicy stuff, the stories, right? But I'm also giving what skeptics and scientists say and things like that. So I, I kind of come from that place too. Yeah. Um. So let me take you to um, uh, Nashville, 2007, uh, I think it was, and that summer I took each of of my three sons um, on a father son trip, and I let them pick where they wanted to go. And so one of them picked Nashville. Nashville, I'm not sure why, but uh, he did. And it was a great trip. And one of the things we did, and I try to actually do this uh, when I go to different places, we went on a ghost tour, right? Mm. Oh, um, yeah. they're, they're a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you do get some really cool information. Um, they're talking about murders that happened and, you know, all, all kinds of different things, right? So we're doing this tour, ghost tour in Nashville, and we go over to the uh, Tennessee uh, State Capitol building, and people are taking photos and they're catching uh, orbs. And, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of on the fence about the whole orb thing, but people are are getting getting this stuff. We make our way uh, to a couple of other areas, and then we make our way down to a church, which is the oldest, I believe it's the oldest church in Nashville, and it's St. Mary's Catholic Church. And you can go out and do a do a uh, street cam view of this and see exactly what I'm talking about. The front of the church has major iron gates in front of it, right? Yeah. And so we're there at night, and it's it's maybe maybe eight thirty, nine o'clock. The the church is obviously closed. There's nobody there. Uh, the gates are locked and closed, and. She, the the woman who's doing the tour, starts going into the whole thing about this being a very haunted station. Uh, there, there have been multiple sightings outside and inside the church of a ghostly priest, of ghostly nuns. There have been people that have been touched in the church. Th- things like that. By ghosts, not by. By ghosts, yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, important. That was an important detail. Uh, and I should have been more careful on that. <laughs> but yeah, ghosts. Um, yeah, ghosts. So, so we're talking, and we're looking at the front of the church. And I can tell you for a fact, because I'm looking there, there's nobody there. There's nobody in front of the gates, okay? There's nobody behind the gates, uh, there's nobody opening a door and coming out, nothing, right, like that. And yeah. so she's starting to kind of wrap up. And one of the one of the ladies in the tour says, uh, "Excuse me, did anybody see like a, a man standing there, um, like just on the other side of the gate?" And we're like, "No, there, there, there's nobody. Yeah, nobody's even crossed the street in front of the church, right? No, no." And she she pulls up her camera and the the view the viewer right, and says, "Then what is this?" And there is what looked to me to be a a man in a cassock, uh, like a priestly cassock, 
uh-huh. okay, wow, standing wow. on the other side. You could tell that he was on the other side of that of that gate, that fence, standing there. Wow. Wow. And that uh, was a picture. Does she black? You really couldn't make out any features. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, not like a shadow man kind of black, but I mean, y- y- it it was really chilling. And, wow! Uh, wow! Wow! And and the uh, the the host, uh, you know, she freaked out on it. You know, please send me that. You know, and and um, that was uh, a video that, or a picture. It was a photograph. She had like okay, a okay. Yep. Her, uh camera. Okay. Yeah. Wow! So, wow! Wow! Yeah. Now let me let me let me give you the flip side of this stuff, right? Now, I, now I saw that, and I believe that 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 really was. A, a supernatural event, a, a paranormal event. I went to uh, Scotland, to Edinburgh, uh, with a friend of mine. Great trip. Oh, and, that's a great, yeah, wow. Oh, God. Uh, it, it, we had a we had a great time. Um, had uh, d- did a lot of drinking of really good beer. Oh, and, great. Uh, saw all the sights, right? And Edinburgh is yeah. all at the Paris. Uh, of uh, of the of UK because it's so walkable. You can walk everywhere, and it's it's really really good. So we took nice. it, and and it was um, it was a ghost tour, and they took us around. This thing ends at the Greyfriars Cemetery, very famous cemetery. Um, creepy walking around in any cemetery at night, whether you're yeah. with the group or not. Really like a creep show, right? But we go through this thing, and the last thing they do is there is a poltergeist that's called the McKinsey Poltergeist. I believe it's called that because it came out of a crypt that was the McKinsey Crypt, I think. Okay. Uh, this thing had a reputation of of pulling hair, scratching, biting, being extremely physical, and. Mm. As we get ready to do this last piece of the tour, the tour guide turns and says, and she was completely serious. She said, I'm I'm going to ask you right now if you are pregnant, if you have any kind of heart condition, if you're if you or if if you are just not feeling good about this, I really would prefer that you stay here and not go go in with us. And we actually had three people uh, stay. Wow. wow! One of the one of them was a pregnant woman. <laughs> the guy next to her said, uh, "I'll stay with her." <laughs> <laughs> and wow! I want to go in. So we go in, and it's kind of a, uh, sort of a not really a crypt. It's it it's because it's all sort of brick and dirt and stuff. But it's it's um almost like a cavernous kind of thing, and. It probably from the front of it to the very back runs maybe uh, uh, ten yards, okay, or okay. so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody's huddled up front. Nobody wants to get into the back of this thing. This is where yeah, the sure. <laughs> God sake, you know, I'm I'm going to be right up here in front. Sure. Not, not me. So I make my way all the way back as far as I can go. Because I want the whole enchilada, right? Yeah, I want the sure. whole experience. And so, and I say in a low voice, I said, here I am. Do your worst. Bite me, oh. scratch me, pull pull on me, What you know, hit me, whatever you choose to do. Here I am. Show me you're real. Zero. Nada. 
nothing. Wow. wow. Now, does that mean that, that, that it doesn't exist? Of course not. Um, but for me, that's the kind of thing that when I talk about being a skeptical believer, that's the sort of thing that, that I kind of do, right? I really sure, want sure. to know. I, I want to kind sure. of Great experience. Absolutely. Well, so at what point in time, when did you get interested in these types of things? Did you have experiences when you were a kid or the kid, are there people in your family that have, you know, these experiences or, or was it something later on? Was, was your son that was the first experience or kind of when, when did that begin? No, uh, because I, I was actually fairly old at at that point. Um, I was about, uh, 39 or so. So, uh, one of the, one of the stories I'm going to tell you in a, in a moment, um, is way back in 78, uh, when I was really new to the Air Force, I was about, I think, uh, 21, 22, something like that. But, um, you know, growing up, it, yeah, I would hear stories um, from from family members. Um, my grandmother came from Arkansas, so there was all kinds of, you know, the stuff about, uh, you know, the uh, folk magic and, and things like that going sure. on. And, um, and you got to remember when I was growing up as a kid, this is the sixties, this is the boom for, for UFO activities, mm-hmm. right? Right. You're getting, you know, lost in space is on TV, Star Trek, you know, you're getting all this sure. kind of stuff. So, um, I became really interested in that, but I, but what happened was it, it kind of crept into other areas of the paranormal as well. Um, you know, I was, uh, uh, by the time I was a, a teenager, you know, I was well aware of uh, living in Northern California, Bigfoot, right? Sure. And yeah. So I think more than anything, um, I don't remember a lot of, uh, of experiences when I was younger at all, but I think just that awareness was there and, and, uh, and just being sort of inundated, right, with with things from the culture and and stuff sure. of that. Yeah. What now? You brought up UFOs, so I'm going to yeah. ask: like, do you have any, uh, you know, any experiences with UFOs at all? Yeah, any, I have any? two. I, I have two good stories for you. Uh, okay. One will involve me, and and because it does, I'll save it for last. <laughs> and uh, and the other one has to do with my son, and and actually. That happened just last last fall. Uh, oh, wow! This one with with him. Um, he's in the military, and uh, he he is uh, um, on the East Coast, and he was coming back uh, from the gym, and and he called me, um, uh, probably about uh, you know nine o'clock uh, my time, ten o'clock his time. He called me, and and he's like you know, dad, dad, you know, and he's very excited. And he says, I think I saw a UFO. And I said, okay, okay. You know, tell me what you saw, what, what happened? He goes, well, I'm walking out of the gym and I'm just kind of looking up, you know, as I'm walking and he says, and I see this light and it's bright, it's brighter than a star. And it's, it's sort of moving. I couldn't tell at first, so I stopped and I'm looking and yeah, it's moving a little bit. And he said, and at first I thought it was was an airplane or maybe a helicopter. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not hearing anything. And it looked close enough where I, you know, 
based on anybody's experience seeing planes in the sky at night, you, you know when you can kind of hear them, right, when they start yeah. to range. He's like, yeah. I, I should have been hearing this thing, you know, uh, it was that bright, and I, and I wasn't hearing anything. And he goes, I mean, m- meteors can't just stop, right? I said, no, they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't stop. You know, you're a meteor, you're going to know a meteor, right? It, it's going to yeah. be shooting across horizontally, but more than likely in a downward sort of trajectory, and it's moving, right? And mm-hmm. and um, and then it just flares out. No, so it's not a meteor. And he said, well, here's the thing. I'm watching this. And all of a sudden, it starts to move sort of left to right slowly, and then it just took off, shot mm-hmm. off, horizontal. He goes... It was gone within like literally a second or two. I, it was gone. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and I and the first thing, the first feeling I had was extreme jealousy that he <laughs> yeah, thought. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> it's like I'm the guy with the podcast for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, you know, it, it really is a a rare thing. Uh, to to see these, and I, I've actually seen data that shows what your chances are for seeing a UFO um, in, in any particular state, right? Okay. Yeah, and and even in states where uh, the odds are fairly good, you're still talking like like um, five hundred to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or sure, thousand to one. Hundred thousand, sure. Um, and then if you're someplace like California that gets a lot of sightings, well, you have to look at that from the standpoint of the extreme population, which means sure. your chances are really slim that you sure. see something like that. So, sure. you know, good for him. Happy for him. Jealous. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So I want to hear, I want to hear your, uh, your okay. encounter. Right. So. Um, I, I'm stationed, this is, um, I actually was stationed there from 77 to 79. So this would have been probably, I would say late 78 or so. I'm stationed out at Holloman Air Force Base, New Mexico. Okay. A lot of rumors about Holloman. Um, a lot of, uh, stuff about aliens landing there, uh, in the fifties and, um, I think there's even a story about them meeting with one of the presidents or something back then. Mm-hmm. Um, New Mexico, anyway, is, you know, they call it the land of enchant- enchantment, and it really is. And it's also kind of the land of the bazaar uh, as, as yeah. well. And you have skinwalkers, you have yep. chupacabras, you have all kinds of stuff going on. And you really have a long, long history uh, with UFOs. Yep. And mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm stationed out there, and I'm a cop. And... We're on uh, we're on a swing shift, so it's nighttime. It's probably eight thirty nine ish o'clock at night or so, and we come in from patrol. Uh, the guy that I was uh, with partnered with that night, and we come in and we go up to where the desk sergeant is, and the desk sergeant is on the on the phone, and we can tell that you know he's a little bit agitated and he's talking to um, some woman, and he says, "Ma'am, I." I don't know what to tell you. I don't know of anything going on over by the gate. 
uh, the, you know, the, the Eastgate. I don't know of anything going on. I, you know, we don't have anything like that. Um, and I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Okay. Thanks. Hangs up. And he says, for crying out loud, I'm, I'm just getting like inundated with these calls. I keep getting these calls where people are reporting. They're seeing these lights in the sky over the East gate and the East gate, um, as you might guess, was the East, the, the easternmost fence line for the base that really buttered up right against the town of Alamogordo. Okay. okay. Um, so it would not be uncommon for people, if there were lights over that gate, to, to be able to see them from the town easily. Okay. Um, as he's telling us this, the phone rings again. He picks it up and, you know, Sergeant so-and-so, you know, blah, 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 gives his intro. And, and it is the New Mexico State Police. And they want to know, what the hell are you guys doing out there? Uh, one of our patrols sees some lights and we're getting calls from citizens. Do you guys have some tests going on? What are you doing? Um, there are parts of Holloman Air Force Base as well as White Sands Missile Range farther down the road that do a lot of testing. They do, uh, there's rocket testing. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on out there. In fact, sometimes you'd be walking home from work at night and look up and see just weird stuff up in the sky. Um, and I can't say those are UFOs other than they were unidentifiable by me. But, you know, right. with rocket activity, it easily could have been something like that. But this was a different situation because these were lights that were hovering, apparently, over this gate area. Um, so at this point, he gets off the phone with them and, and says, you know, you know, I'll, I'll check into it. The, the flight chief comes in. And he says, what's going on? And so he tells him what's going on. And we're standing there listening to all of this happening. He pulls out a book. At this point, Project Blue Book had been terminated, I think, probably uh, 78, probably a good, a good eight, nine years, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he pulls out this checklist. And he says, in fact, he goes, you know, we used to report this through Project Blue Book, but uh, that was that was closed down. So now we have this checklist. And it, it was literally a checklist for UFO reports with a 1-800 number to call. Wow. Okay. So um, he tells the desk sergeant, you need to call this in. I'm going to go ahead and get a hold of, um, you know, the command post and see what they want to do about this. Okay. So, you know, long story short, they get a helicopter ramped up, ready to go. They put the base commander on there, a couple of security guards and some people from Intel on this helicopter, and they take off flying toward the base, or, or sorry, toward the fence, toward the uh, gate. Yep. As they're approaching the gate, the, the story that we got later was that the airport, the, the small airport, city airport, had this object on radar, could see it. They also they also could see the helicopter as it approached. And as this helicopter got closer and closer to it, all of a sudden this object shot in, in a flash all the way over to the other side of the mountain range that's to the east of the town. All yeah. the way over to the other side. And, sh wow. and the object showed back up on radar there. Now, uh, this is sort of the cool part. So, you know, fast. <laughs> this is the cool part. <laughs> fast forward about two months. I'm it's it's daytime. I'm out on the flight line. And all I'm doing is is I'm in my patrol truck and I'm just 
observing, right? Kind of seeing what's going on. And I'm I'm right outside, parked right outside this building. I, I had no idea what this building is. So all of a sudden, uh, this first lieutenant comes out and he says, hey, um, everything okay? And I said, yes, yes, sir. I'm just observing the flight line. He's like, okay. He goes, well, um, have you ever been in here before? And I said, uh, no, I, I don't even know what it is. He goes, oh, this is air traffic control. And I said, oh, he goes, why don't you come on in and I'll give you a, a tour. And I said, oh, great. This guy's great. He's he's very jovial. He's he's engaging, takes me around. Um, I get to watch the scope dopes, you know, checking, you know, doing their thing. Sure. Um, he's explaining how the scopes work and, you know, how, how the uh, the the number codes are showing up with the aircraft, all kinds of stuff. Right. And again, really nice, uh, very engaging. We get done, and I'm getting ready to leave. And he said, well, do you have any questions? I don't know why it popped into my head. I don't, but it did. And I said, uh, yes, sir. I said, you know, about uh, a couple months back, when we had that situation where uh, we were getting reports of a UFO over by the East Gate, and we sent a helicopter up, what was up with that? And his... Oh no! No, oh. we're good. Yep. It's okay. Right. Okay, yeah, you're His good. face is where yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the worst possible time yeah. to break it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. We're just ah. <laughs> His face just dropped, and he, total seriousness. And he looked at me and he said, "I can't discuss that. That's classified." Wow! Wow! And that told me everything I needed to know. Sure. And you're you're in you're you were MP. You were military police. Correct. On the, and wow. Wow, man. That's yeah. intense, man. Yeah, it is intense. And, you know, as I've thought about it over the years, he could have said anything, you know? I mean, he could have said, uh, you know, I heard something too, but, you know, it's nothing. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything. But, but he just, you know, I don't know if he, if he let his guard down, you know, um, or, or what. He probably could have been a lot smoother <laughs> about sure. But it told me pretty much everything I needed to know about that. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. when somebody does, uh, when somebody's being your new buddy pal, showing you around and all of a sudden, you know, we don't talk about that, you know. Right. You know, when they when their attitude changes yeah. immediately, then, yeah, you know, there's something up. There, there is something up that he uh you know, he he might maybe not want. He might have really enjoyed talking about, but uh, his ass would be in a sling, as they say. You know, right. Like, I picture him going back in and picking up the phone. We have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows. He's, yeah, <laughs> you, Richard's been asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on on um, on that stuff, like it, with all the the stuff that's been coming out with the government and things like that, do you have any thoughts on 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 UFO sightings? Do you have a, a gut well, feeling of? Yeah, I you know first of all, I, I get people who ask me, um, you know, do you believe in U, UFOs? And what I tell them is that it, it's not a matter of believing that that is an actual yeah. With, fact because of what it is an unidentified flying object that exactly. is people see things in the, in the sky that they can't identify sometimes they misidentify right but they are yep. seeing something now 
if you're going to ask me whether it's aliens or time travelers or anything like that, I don't know. I mean, sure. I, yeah, I, I just, don't. and I, and I have, I have kind of issues with all of those. Right. I, I, I just have a hard time believing that aliens would come to the planet and all they would do is observe, you know, uh, yeah, all, all right. they do is uh and, and then and actually even do it in in really sloppy ways <laughs> yeah people, right people see them right all the time yeah so I, I i just i have a hard time with that i almost not that i really buy into it but i almost believe a better explanation would be time travelers who are trying to keep their distance so they don't impact their timeline right yeah I, I i love that you answered that way because that's exactly my thought on it too and i think adam kind of shares that also where it's like i want to make you know the, the kid in me wants to make the leap to aliens but <clears throat> you got to have a lot more proof and i actually heard the other day i sent something to adam to watch and um it's an interview with tom DeLong, and he's the guy that uh He's the guy that put all this stuff together to to basically out the government. Um, he he has an organization that he's he's put together with all these high commanding you know retired military folks and and intel people within the government. And he was talking about because you know they, I know that you've heard this um, the whole thing about um, the when we when we developed the nuclear bomb is when we started getting inundated in modern times with these UFOs. Um, and he was talking about how he feels like it's time traveling and he feels like the the nuclear bomb um you know if you if you look at at time he's like you know time time isn't linear it's just stacked on top of itself and it and it's all happening at the same time and and possibly when we let that bomb off it 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 the energy from that started to infringe upon other people other times mm-hmm. and uh, possibly what that is is um future, you know, humanoids or whatever, um, basically keeping us in check. Like his idea is that he's afraid, he's, he thinks that they're afraid of us becoming too powerful. Mm. Uh, I thought that was interesting, but, uh, it's an interesting it, conversation. It, it is interesting. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that people don't talk about is you don't even have to look to outer space. Um, yeah, a lot of these objects, uh, and and I, I did a, recently did an episode on this. A lot of these objects are coming out of the ocean. Yeah, they, right. The ocean. We have uh, that recent film from from the Navy, um, yeah. where you can literally see that object skimming along the top of the ocean and then diving into the ocean. So yeah. the the vast amount of the oceans that are totally unexplored, we have no idea what's down there. Yeah. Uh, uh, what could be existing at that level of pressure, right? Uh, yep. at, the, at the lowest depths. And so, in my mind, it's like you know, you don't necessarily even have to go to the whole outer space thing to definitely, you know, man. To, to be isn't that a, isn't that an impressive video? Like the, oh, the piece I thought, was, yeah, the most impressive was it skimming across the water like that. I just thought, wow, because you can see the waves and you can kind of see, I mean, you can't tell really how fast it's going, but you can tell it's absolutely yep. hauling ass. Yep. Yep. And, uh, the interesting thing to me, I did an interview with the Texas, um, the Texas director for MUFON, which is the mutual sure. uh, UFO network, right? Yeah. And yeah. 
And what he told me, I thought that the TikToks that were being filmed and seen were over water only, but he's telling me, no, we're getting more and more of those being seen over land. They've had reports here sure. in of TikToks. Sure. Uh, so it, it's really interesting. It's a, the whole the whole thing is is really fascinating. And the and the one case that that I've looked into that is stunning. And I, and I'm I'm just amazed that you know everybody always talks about Roswell, 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 uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. But it's <laughs> but uh, the the thing is uh, the the Socorro case, which happened in. Um, in 1964, I believe. It is one of the most compelling UFO cases of all time. You have an you have an unbelievable witness in a police officer with a a fantastic reputation as a, as an officer of law of the community of his church. This guy is not prone to fabricate. After everything happened, he didn't go out and get on the UFO uh, circuit. He didn't write a book. He he refused right. to talk about it in his later life, right? This was not some sure. guy trying to get attention. And you have physical evidence. You have um, clearly marked in the sand where the landing pods of this of the craft were. You yep. have porch vegetation. You have melted rock. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have multiple witnesses who saw this. I mean, yep. it's just unbelievable. And when I look at stuff like that, now, again, our question should be, well, does it necessarily mean that, that it was an alien craft? No, it doesn't. Right, right. But the fact that something landed, uh, even this was one of the cases that started to turn uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek's mind around on this. Mm -hmm. You know, he really was a, a, a non-believer. This was one of those cases early on that started to really change his thinking on this. Really, sure. really, um, just a, a fantastic case to dig into. Yeah, man, definitely. I just recently saw a uh, old unsolved mysteries where they had uh, run their a segment on this account, and it is really it is substantial. Um, because you do have all of that credibility. Was he the one? Did he have the pieces of the craft? No. 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 no different. That was a different. No. One. Um, and and here's the one little thing that that uh, most people don't know about it, but it was kind of interesting. The University of New Mexico sent out a graduate student they had in radiology to take uh, um, to take readings out there to see if there was um, any kind of radiation, and there was zero. So I don't know what that means, but you know the fact this thing was like not zipping through the sky, but actually kind of like you know <laughs> barely clearing this dynamite shack and it's belching smoke and stuff. I don't know. Does that? It feels a little bit like it might be man-made to me, mm -hmm. but sure. But but we definitely don't have anything like that at that period of time. Yeah, sure. Or so. Sure. Very, very bizarre case. But it is one of those cases when I when I look at uh, is are UFOs anything other than lights in the sky? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the cases where I look and say, yeah, they yeah. are. Oh, definitely, yeah, man. For sure, for sure. Definitely, and I think that they're you know like Tom was saying uh, during during this interview, he said that. 
this stuff is actually there's a lot more reports than people know and uh as we continue to uncover this stuff now you know the government's never going to let us know exactly what's going on because they're going to do what they do but um you know maybe it's at a certain point these more what's interesting is the uh the mufon um individual told me that they actually now uh it seems like the government is starting to be a little more forthcoming and they actually have been in talks with them with with government agencies to partner to a certain extent and give them access to uh to their databases for example sure Coupons, <laughs> you know they've got probably the best Oh yeah, out there, right? Sure. So maybe, maybe there's a little bit of hope that that things are breaking up a little bit, and uh, it's a little more forthcoming. Um, I I don't know, but you know, you said something um, earlier, and and it really goes to uh, it's it's sort of a fundamental, um, you know, gotcha, and that is there's no proof, right? Mm. Nobody nobody's uh, you know sh- shot down a UFO. Nobody is right. You know, found one uh, broken down and, and grabbed it, you know, in a field or anything like that. And and yet people have very compelling stories that they tell. So you have to look at this across the whole range of paranormal and supernatural. When when you talk about cryptids, there's no Bigfoot body, right? We know right. that. Right. Uh, nobody down in Louisiana has, has uh, dragged a Rougarou, you know, out after yeah. the squirrel gun. I mean, you know, this... The, but you have stories that are really compelling stories. And so what it really comes down to is they can't prove that what they what they saw, you know, they can't prove it. Right. Yep. Yep. But you can't prove that they didn't see it. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Yeah, man. And I mean, you hear all the time about ghost encounters and things like that that are um, <clears throat> or, or, you know, residual energy that is, you know, impressions that, you know, that, you know, in certain spa- you know, spaces that things happen. And it's right. like et- it's etched into the fabric of the place. And um, that when I hear when I think about that and I think about UFOs and you think about Bigfoot, it could all be. That would explain a lot of that stuff that we're all existing in a timeline that is sort of smashed on top of itself. And if we're able to mm-hmm. um, communicate in, in, in these in these ways, um, we're, we're like peeking in through like the door, the crack or whatever. And we're, we're kind of seeing into a different timeline. I think it's. It's really fascinating, and it kind of is starting to make sense to me a little bit. I'm, t- I'm still trying to work it out, but I think it's it makes yeah. more sense to me, you know. And you, mm-hmm. into the idea of these portals and and things like that, and and from a logical standpoint, I mean, <laughs> it's totally illogical. But from a logical standpoint, when you have creatures like the Beast of Bray Road, right, um, or the Skunk Ape, or, or whatever. It, I don't care how good you are at hide and seek. You know, you, you've got to be you got to be coming across these things like a lot, right? Sure. Yeah. He has to come across them and find the bed they're sleeping in. But if they're coming through portals or somehow phasing into our reality for a time, yeah, and, and back out, you're never going to see them unless they happen to be there and you spot them. Right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. 
isn't that's one of the things that we we went to the Bigfoot Festival down here in in uh, southeastern Oklahoma. They have it every year, and it's it's a lot of fun. But uh, the first time I ever heard about uh, UFO encounters paired with Bigfoot encounters, and that yeah, oftentimes the two coalesce. And I'm mm-hmm. like. Yeah. If you think about it in these terms, that kind of starts to make a little bit of sense, you know. I, yeah, I don't well, know. Um, you know, I just did a, uh, I just did an episode on uh, chupacabras, and um, it turns out there's there's kind of two, two different types, and one's probably total BS. The other one is, you know, paranormal. I mean, it, it's weird. But the early uh, chupacabra sightings in Puerto Rico. At the time, there was huge UFO activity going mm-hmm. on across wow. the island. Okay. And of course, you know, everybody's going to, you know, some people will just spin that, right? It's like, well, it's obviously that, you know, it's obvious Chupacabra was a alien pet that right. got, got out, you know? Right, and, right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's but, funny. Yeah. But it, is, it is true that there were, um, there was a real... UFO flap that went on uh, during that time, that initial yeah. time. It really, when you think about these things, it also makes, it kind of brings into question the pyramids and, and all that, you know, the, yeah. the, um, there's so many things that we just, as modern men, as much as we know, we still don't know how they really did that shit. Yeah. You know, or if it was then, maybe, it could, you know, maybe, it, maybe it was, you know, future people that, that, that were able to construct those. Who knows, man? All yeah. kinds of interesting questions, man. It's, uh, yeah, we, um, we ask, I, I'm, I'm a UFO guy because I've seen one and, and, and that's why I asked. And so was Adam. Adam's also seen one. And so, and my dad, he's, um, he's in his seventies now. But when I saw the thing, I was probably 10. He was probably in his mid-40s. And I asked him recently because once we saw the thing, we did not talk for a long time. And then when Adam and I started doing the podcast four years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask my dad if he remembers that. And sure enough, man, he remembers it. He's he's like – I. he said, I've always thought about that, and I've always wondered what that was that we saw. But we can't explain it. And I, to this day, I, I believe that's that, that's what we saw. We saw something that we couldn't explain. It was totally silent. It hovered above us, you know, maybe a hundred feet in the air or so, and it just it acted strange. And and at a certain point, it took off. And then, you know, he had friends that were sheriffs um, in our small town that we lived in, and they saw nothing on the radar, nothing, you know, no planes, no nothing, and. Uh, just always struck me. I'm like, what was that? You know? So I, I am a classic, classic definition, right? Yep. UFO. On yeah, exactly, man. So, all right. So tell us and tell our listeners about your show. So my show is called the paranormal factor podcast. You notice how I threw the, like the Ohio state. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> And I actually say it that way when I'm on the podcast, but it is the Paranormal Factor podcast. Um, it has been up and running now since uh, last September. So um, the first season was a shortened season, uh, but we're in full swing right now. Uh, it is a weekly podcast, and we cover everything paranormal. So 
Uh, we've had shows, obviously, on UFOs, uh, a lot of different cryptids. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had shows on ghosts. Um, um, just you know, almost anything that you can you can think of, and then weird weird stuff like Spring Hill Jack and yeah, you know, I love Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, great, nice. great stuff. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know what I try to do is I try to present the information. Um, if there's some backlog uh, or backstory to it, uh, you know I'll give that as well. If there's some history, you talk about UFOs. Um, you can talk about UFOs way back in history being sighted. Mm-hmm. So I'll give a little bit of that, and then always the juicy stuff, real accounts, real yep. you know, real situations where people uh, say that they've they've seen uh, you know the uh, the Rougarou or 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 you know any number of things, and then the skeptics. You know, what do the skeptics say about this? Sure. Uh, there's almost always you know somebody from Skeptoid Magazine that has some kind of an opinion, and then. And then I kind of wrap it up by bringing things back to, yeah, but, you know, we really don't know kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. So it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, I have a pretty robust uh, Facebook page uh, for the podcast out there. So we do uh, postings throughout the week, Monday through Friday. We do uh, Monster Monday, where I highlight a monster. Uh, Tuesday uh, quiz, but they don't get the answer to the quiz unless they listen to the podcast for that week. Nice, nice. nice. And uh, Wednesday, um, I highlight a film or TV show or book having to do with the paranormal. Thursday is some current news. Um, my main source for that is uh, Coast to Coast AM, which does oh, a yeah. job of keeping their their uh, their finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. And Friday, the the episode drops. So Ooh, cool, nice. Yeah, you're busy. You're a busy guy. Yeah, I you know it. <laughs> I've kind of got a process down. I'm sure you guys do too. I've got I've got a process now where um, it, it's not as much as as a struggle as it was probably for the first three weeks, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Staying up till one in the morning, trying to you know do do editing and production work and everything else. And I I've got it down to a science now where I generally have the whole episode Friday's episode done and ready to for me to listen to by Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. So, well, we, 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 uh, we always enjoy having people on that have, you know, their own podcast because, you know, it helps, you know, get the word out, but also we always love to hear where people are coming from and how you do things and what you talk about. And, you know, I can guarantee you, you'll get some listens from, from some of our folks because oh, it's yeah. basically we're in the same vein, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and it's been great talking with you guys on this. You too. You too. I always like to, you know, I've had a couple, I've been interviewed a couple of times. I've had some people on, um, and it's always fun talking to people who are in the same area. They're, you know, they're coming across the same things, but yet forming their opinions as well. And it's great to share that kind of stuff. It really is. It is, and it's it's nice to talk to people that have a pretty grounded approach. You know, yeah, yeah. A lot of people out there that as soon as they start talking, sometimes you're you kind of just because believe everything, and it's 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 a good thing to keep an air of, of skepticism and everything that you do. You know, 
Now, at the same time, if we have people on and, and they tell stories and, and, and it's their stories and it's right. it's riveting and you can tell that, you know, whatever it is that they are talking about, it, it happened to them or mm-hmm. they, at least they believe it happened to them. And that's all we're here to do is just talk about stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I get I get really frustrated sometimes watching something on TV, you know, because it's. Oh, I know, man. I, I, I a lot of times when I'm doing my research, I have that on in the background. I'll lift my eyes up and look at some jumping Jesus in the morning. You got to be. Kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Serious? It's different. Yeah, it's different when you have a budget and you have sponsors and you've got to come up with <laughs> something got- every week. Right. And like if I watch, for example, you know, the Bigfoot hunting shows, it's like, okay, you know, spoiler alert, they're not going to find Bigfoot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, no. Maybe next week. Maybe it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's it it might as well be just this serialized, you know, show, you know, where you're just going to keep. It's almost like Gilligan's Island. They're never going to that island. Right. They're never. But they're going to all these adventures while they're doing it. So I guess that's enough. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, man. Hey, where can people get a hold of you, like social media and things like that? Do you have an email address or? Um, actually, the best the best thing to do if you want to listen to the podcast, it's out on all the platforms. Just do a search for the Paranormal Factor Podcast, um, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, everything. It, it, we're we're across the board. If you uh, if you want to check out the Facebook page, same thing. Go out to Facebook. Okay. And- Search on the Paranormal Factor podcast, and you'll run into it. Um, yep, yeah. and uh, that's the way to go. Would you guys like one last spooky story before I go? Oh, yeah. oh yes. All right, all right. I, I'll give you this one. This one involves um, my father-in-law, and uh, and I'll keep I'll keep him confidential, um, and, and uh, I have to sort of keep the area a little confidential to the the region, but. This guy, uh, love him to death, and he was a Vietnam era Marine, okay, U.S. Marine. Yep. When I say um, Marine, I'm talking about in combat in Vietnam, not right. not in combat. Sure. Uh, had to work through a lot of a lot of uh, of um, you know a lot of stuff with that over the years. Um, so we're talking about a guy who who is uh, pretty tough. Um, at the time this happened, he was also one of the deputy sheriffs uh, in this particular town in Montana. So you're tough because you're in Montana. You're from Montana, number one. Number two, you're a Marine. That makes you, you know, really tough. And number three, you're right. caught, like triple tough, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, he, he he's just tough. So he's he's coming back, uh, and he's he's in his truck. And he's hauling uh, a trailer um, with a bunch of stuff in it, wood or something. I don't know. Um, and he's on a mountain road, okay. Um, and so he, you know, the, the road is a little twisty. You're coming around corners, you come around turns, and things like that. He's got his small little dog uh, on the bench seat in the pickup, and all of a sudden, uh, the dog jumps off and lays down in the floorboard on the passenger side and is whimpering and cowering. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? You know? Yeah. And all of a sudden he senses somebody next to him. He turns and looks, it is his deceased 
father-in-law. Sitting next to him? Sitting next to him. And oh, my. Th- this specter says to him, God, and I'll just say it, God damn it, Jay, slow this truck down. Wow. And he said, uh, he looked back, he, he, he didn't know what to think, you know? And he looked back again, still there. I said, slow this truck down now. He, and he, he just reacted. He, he, hit, he hit the brake and started slowing it down. As he did, he comes around the corner as he's slowing down, and there's a herd of elk on the road. Oh, no oh. way. He turns and looks, gone. Nothing there. Dude. Oh, my God. So my wife, who, who was a, a kid at the time, is in the house, okay, with with his wife, her mom, okay, and her grandmother. He comes through the door. She said he was just ashen white. Yeah, yeah. And he looks at them, you know, goes over and sits down. And, of course, his wife uh, realizes right away uh, something's not right. She, she said, are you okay? My, my wife says he looked at her and broke down and just started crying. Wow. Then told the story. Wow. Yeah. That's a hell of a story. Hell it, yeah, it is. It dude. is. It is. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, look, so, one, yeah. one, one deer can destroy oh, yeah. a car. Screw one you deer. shit up, yeah. Screw yeah. you up. Yeah, it can kill you. It can do any number of things. Just one, you know, a doe, a deer, a female deer. Not even a big elk. <laughs> A buck or anything, but yeah. if you've got a whole herd of them, man, dear just odds I, of surviving that are you know in an old store. I don't know, man. That oh, seems yeah. very. And of course, wild. the thing is, you're you're pulling a trailer, so you're not going to stop on a dime. You're coming around yep. that corner. Yeah. Hit the brake. You're not really stopping. No kidding, man. Oh, yeah. Man. So, yeah, that, that that that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it it's a. Really compelling. That, it, it, it's very look, compelling, man. I look at her and it's like, um, I think some of the family members don't necessarily believe that that my wife's grandfather came back. They they think maybe it was an angel, but appeared in that guise so that it didn't totally freak him out. And he, you know, he, you know, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Road, right? Yeah, that it's yeah. Some, at least somebody that was familiar. So you could look at it both ways, right? Yeah. Way it's it's a hell of a compelling story. Oh, Absolutely amazing! Man. Wow, that was amazing, man. That was a great awesome. one to go out on too. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> wow. so good, man. All right. Good awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Yes, this is yeah. great. We've been actually, we, Barry. We've been talking. We talked about a year ago, yeah. whenever you were. I think you were first setting up your show. Oh right. wow! And, cool. Or just started and and uh, you know th- saying and when finally we uh, got this That's hammer great. down set up and yeah this has been a blast those were fantastic oh yeah man so, yeah yeah thank stuff. you for coming and hanging out man we appreciate yeah. it yeah and we'll you know it, we'll get together again um, yeah 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 you know, we'd love to have you on again absolutely man. yeah and I need to get you guys over on you know and uh, my sure next and uh, love to do that. Yeah, and I'll I'll just throw out some really weird, freaky 
cryptid type stuff and let you guys cool. Just... <laughs> That's great, man. Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E-O dash w-e-i-r-d dash s-t-o-r-y and that'll take you right there i mean you can never own enough clothing well that's true barry there's t-shirts for the ladies because you know they're cut differently there's hoodies which are really cool there's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff that's so cool man so if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story currently there are two designs but there will be more going up very soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors hi gang this is richard wright from the paranormal factor podcast if you're looking for the supernatural and paranormal we've got great episodes cryptids like the cajun rougarou the lizard man of scape or swamp and dogman UFO cases and alien encounters, and downright scary stories like black-eyed kids, shadow people, and Ouija boards. So give us a listen on any of your favorite listening platforms, and I'll see you next time on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. Richard, great stories, man. Uh, freaky stuff. The uh, story about his son being carried upstairs as a, as a child, a young child, was just freaky. I don't think we've had one like that. That's really interesting. Nothing that I can really think of that really gets close to that. It's wild. His his uh, he started with a ghost dad, you know, kind of a yeah. story, and and ended with a ghost dad story with his 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 father in law's father in law uh, warning him to stop to so he wouldn't you know so he wouldn't die crashing into a herd of elk. Yeah, that was that was. One of the crazier stories I think we've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, that's it was that's that's wild. next level. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And then you know the ghost vicar or, or priest at the at the the church in Nashville, and uh, you know his son seeing the UFO and his UFO stories. Those are just tons of great stories that we really appreciate Richard sharing. Definitely. Uh, it was a good time, and uh, we'll be in the future. Uh, we'll be guests on his show at some point, so uh, we'll let you know when that happens as well. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Cool beans. Well, hey, everybody. You know, uh, it's that time again where we pause and thank you, Weirdsville, and uh, all of our listeners, uh, new listeners, old listeners, um Teen listeners, I don't know if it, all of our pro, all of our episodes are definitely not appropriate for teens. Um, you know, if your parents catch you listening, maybe it's not appropriate. Otherwise, if they don't catch you, it's fair game. That's what I <laughs> we always said. There's a lot uh, of that. Yeah, legally though, uh, shame on you. That's what legally we had to say. That's, that's right. Not, but you know, 
we can't stop you. We can't come in your house. Um, and older folks, you know, um, people that are, you know, like Barry's age, you know, um, <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening too. You've got all those fantastic, wonderful life experiences that uh, we would love to hear about. We would love to hear more. Um, you know, and they could be, they don't have to be ghosts and UFOs and Bigfoot. You know, like, uh, they could be just really cool stories. You know, my mom recently, uh, met for the first time in her life. And my mom is, um, she is, uh, well, 70 something. I shouldn't say that, you know, I shouldn't be outing my mom for as old as she is, but she's that old, old. She's, I mean, um, Anyway, I suck my foot in my mouth. I'm not going to be able to get it out any further with my mom. I don't think she listens to this one. I'll make sure she doesn't listen to this one. Anyway, she, uh, just for the first time in her life, met her real birth sister. Oh, wow. Yeah. When was that? Recent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Like, like, like I mean, technically today or yesterday. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's wow. like, you know... She had, she was, you know, she was a little girl. She was adopted, and uh, you know, she spent a lot of her. She spent most of her life. She didn't really get into her past, but as she got older, she got more interested, and she did some digging around sure. and tracing, and she followed some crazy leads, and um, you know, went down some wild leads where she thought, uh, you know, she knew who her mom was, but she didn't know who her dad was, and she followed these leads and. Um, you know, it, it's just an, it's an amazing story that my yeah. mom thinks is completely boring because it's you know that's hers. Yeah, she's lived it. Yeah, she doesn't think it's interesting, but you know that's the thing that we always say on the podcast is that everybody's got at least one good story. That's we right. know it, and you may not recognize it, but if there's a story that you know, you tell your friends, you tell people, you got your everybody's got stories that are you know they're lock-in stories i can always share this one story or my friends like hearing that one story we we're your friends we want to hear those stories so anyway uh get a hold of us and share your stories uh contact us through uh our website uh which is what your weird story.com or send us an email at wywspod at gmail.com call our hotline um, you can e- uh, get contact us through our social media, on Instagram, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. We love you guys, and we couldn't do it without you. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we look forward to talking to you and uh, seeing you later. That's right. So anyway, thanks, everybody. We will see you next time with, with Jackie, uh, another Jackie who's got some really cool stories from when she lived uh, close-ish to me uh, in the more northern part of Ohio when she was close to it's Youngstown. Wasn't it Youngstown? Yeah. It was uh, there yeah, in Youngstown. Man. Ohio. She's got some cool ones, man, some cool yeah, stories she does, for sure. She does. So join us then and uh, have a great time in between listens i don't know if it's going to be a full week for you uh or if it's you know maybe months we hope it's not months uh because we we like to see your ears uh listening not really we don't we can't see your ears but i just you know uh, it's one of those things that you 
well, I guess that's really not one of those things you say to people. This is okay. I'm getting the cutoff sign, <laughs> getting the hook again. So thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.